The Crystal Shard, Chapter 18, Big Grin's House. Drizzt and Wolfgar were pleasantly surprised when they found the back entrance to the Verbig Lair. It sat high up on the steep incline of the western side of the rocky outcropping. Piles of garbage and bones lay strewn about the ground at the bottom of the rocks, and a thin but steady stream of smoke wafted out of the open cave, scented with the flavors of roasting mutton. The two companions crouched in the brush below the entrance for a short while, noting the degree of activity. The moon had come up bright and clear, and the night had lightened considerably. "'I wonder if we'll be in time for dinner,' remarked the drow, still smirking wryly. Wolfgar shook his head and laughed at the dark elf's uncanny composure. Although the two often heard sounds from the shadows just beyond the opening, pots clanging and occasional voices— no giants showed itself outside the cave until shortly before moonset. A fat verbig, presumably the lair's cook from its dress, shuffled out onto the doorstep and dumped a load of garbage from the iron pot down the slope. He's mine, said Drizzt, suddenly serious. Can you provide a distraction? The cat will do, Wolfgar answered, though he wasn't keen on being alone with Gwenhyber. Drizzt crept up the rocky slope trying to stay in the dark shadows as he went. He knew that he would remain vulnerable in the moonlight until he got above the entrance, but the climb proved rougher than he had expected, and it was slow going. When he was almost at the opening, he heard the giant chef stirring by the entrance, apparently lifting a second pot of garbage for dumping. But the drow had nowhere to go. A call from within the cave diverted the cook's attention. Realizing how little time he had to get to safety, Drizzt sprinted the last few feet to the door level and peered around the corner into the torch-lit kitchen. The room was roughly square with a large stone oven on the wall across from the cave entrance. Next to the oven was a wooden door slightly ajar, and behind this, Drizzt heard several giant voices. The cook was nowhere in sight, but a pot of garbage sat on the floor just inside the entrance. He'll be back soon. The drow muttered to himself as he picked his handholds and crept noiselessly up the wall and above the cave entrance. At the base of the slope, a nervous wolfgar sat absolutely motionless as Gwenhyver stalked back and forth before him. A few minutes later, the giant chef came out with the pot. As the verbig dumped the garbage, Gwenhyver moved into view. One giant leap took the cat to the base of the slope. Tilting its head up at the cook, the black panther growled. Hey, get out of here, you mangy puss, snapped the giant, apparently unimpressed and unsurprised by the sudden appearance of the panther. Before I squish your head and drop you into a stewing pot. The verbig's threat was an idle one. Even as it stood shaking an oversized fist, its attention fully on the cat, the dark shape that was Drizdu Arden sprang from the wall onto its back, his scimitars already in hand. The drow wasted no time in cutting an ear-to-ear -ear smile in the giant's throat. Without uttering a cry, the verbig tumbled down the rocks to settle in with the rest of the garbage. Abruptly, Driz dropped to the cave step and spun around, praying that no other giants had entered the kitchen. He was safe for the moment. The room was empty. As Gwenhyver and then Wolfgar crested the ledge, he signaled to them silently to follow him. The kitchen was small, for giants, and sparsely stocked. There was one table on the right wall which held several pans. Next to it was a large chopping block with a garish cleaver, rusty and jagged and apparently unwashed for weeks, buried into it. Over to Driz's left were shelves holding spices and herbs and other supplies. The drow went to investigate these as Wolfgar moved to peer into the adjoining and occupied room. 
Also square, this second room was a bit larger than the kitchen. A long table divided the room in half, and beyond it, directly across from where he stood, Wolfgar saw a second door. Three giants sat at the side of the table closest to Wolfgar. A fourth stood between them at the door, and two more sat on the opposite side. The group feasted on mutton and slurped thick stew, all the while cursing and taunting each other, a typical dinner gathering of verbig. Wolfgar noted with more than a passing interest that the monsters tore the meat from the bones with their bare hands. There weren't any weapons in the room. Drizzt, holding a bag he'd found on the shelves, drew one of his scimitars again and moved with Gwenhyber to join Wolfgar. Six, Wolfgar whispered, pointing to the room. The big barbarian hoisted Aegis Fang and nodded eagerly. Drizzt peeked through the door and quickly formulated an attack plan. He pointed to Wolfgar, then to the door. Right, he whispered. Then he indicated himself. Behind you, left. Wolfgar understood him perfectly, but wondered why he hadn't included Gwenhyver. The barbarian pointed to the cat. Drizzt merely shrugged and smiled, and Wolfgar understood. Even the skeptical barbarian was confident that Gwenhyver would figure out where to fit in best. Wolfgar shook the nervous tingles out of his muscles and clenched Aegis Fang tightly. With a quick wink to his companions, he burst through the door and pounced the nearest target. The giant, the only one of the attack group standing at the time, managed to turn and face his attacker. But that was all. Aegis Fang swung in a low sweep and rose with deadly accuracy, smashing into its belly. Driving upward, it crushed the giant's lower chest. With his incredible strength, Wolfgar actually lifted the huge monster several feet off the ground. It fell, broken and breathless, beside the barbarian but he paid it no more heed. He was already planning his second strike. Drizzt, Gwenhyver close on his heels, rushed past his friend toward the two stunned giants seated farthest to the left at the table. He jerked open the bag he held and twirled as he reached the targets, blinding them in a puff of flour. The drown never slowed as he passed, gouging his scimitar into the throat of one of the powerful verbig and then rolling backward over the top of the wooden table. Gwenhyver sprang on the other giant, his powerful jaws tearing out the monster's groin. The two verbig on the far side of the table were the first of their group to truly react. One leaped to stand ready to meet Drizzt's whirling charge, while the second unwittingly singled itself out as Wolfgar's next target bolted for the back door. Wolfgar marked the escaping giant quickly and launched Aegis Fang without hesitation. If Drizzt, at the time in mid-roll across the table, had realized just how close his form had come to intercepting the twirling warhammer, he might have had a few choice words for his friend. But the hammer found its mark, bashing into the Verbig's shoulder and knocking the monster into the wall with enough force to break its neck. The giant Drizzt had gored lay squirming on the floor, clutching its throat in a futile attempt to quell the flow of its lifeblood, and Gwenhyver was having little trouble dispatching the other. Only two Verbig remained to fight. Drizzt finished his roll and landed on his feet on the far side of the table, nimbly dodging the grasp of the waiting Verbig. He darted around, putting himself between his opponent and the door. The giant, its huge hands outstretched, spun around and charged. But the drow's second scimitar was out with the first, interweaving in a mesmerizing dance of death. As each blade flashed out, it sent another of the giant's gnarled fingers spinning to the floor. Soon the Verbig had nothing more than two bloodied stumps where his hands had once been. Enraged beyond sanity, it swung its club-like arms wildly. Driz's scimitar quickly slipped under the side of its skull, ending the creature's madness. 
Meanwhile, the last giant had rushed the unarmed barbarian. It wrapped its huge arms around Wolfgar and lifted him into the air, trying to squeeze the life out of him. Wolfgar tightened his muscles in a desperate attempt to prevent his larger foe from snapping the bones in his back. The barbarian had trouble finding his breath. Enraged, he slammed his fist into the giant's chin and raised his hand for a second blow. But then, following the dwarmer that Brunner had cast upon it, the magical warhammer was back in his grasp. With a howl of glee, Wolfgar drove home the butt-end of Aegis Fang and put out the giant's eye. The giant loosened its grip, reeling backward in agony. The world had become such a blur of pain to the monster that it didn't even see Aegis Fang arcing over Wolfgar's head and speeding toward its skull. It felt a hot explosion as the heavy hammer split open its head, bouncing the lifeless body onto the table and knocking stew and mutton all over the floor. "'Don't spill the food!' cried Drizzt in mock anger as he rushed to retrieve a particularly juicy-looking chop. Suddenly, they heard heavy-booted footsteps and shouts coming down the corridor behind the second door. "'Back outside!' yelled Wolfgar as he turned toward the kitchen. "'Hold!' shouted Drizzt. "'The fun is just beginning.' He pointed to a dim, torch-lit tunnel that ran off the left wall of the room. "'Down there! Quickly!' Wolfgar knew that they were pushing their luck, but once again he found himself listening to the elf, and once again the barbarian was smiling. Wolfgar passed the heavy wooden supports at the beginning of the tunnel and raced off into the dimness. He'd gone about thirty feet, Gwenhyver lopping uncomfortably close at his side, when he realized that Drizzt wasn't following. He turned around just in time to see the drow stroll casually out of the room and pass the wooden beams. Drizzt had sheathed his scimitars. Instead, he held a long dagger, its wicked tip planted firmly into a piece of mutton. "'The giants?' asked Wolfgar from the darkness. Drizzt stepped to the side behind one of the massive wooden beams. "'Right behind me,' he explained calmly as he tore another bite off of his meal. Wolfgar's jaw dropped open when a pack of frothing verbig charged into the tunnel, never noticing the concealed drow. "'Prain de Kraybogam Kaikrender, begrot Ilgiriskron!' Wolfgar shouted as he spun on his heel and sprinted off down the corridor, hoping that it didn't lead to a dead end. Drizzt pulled the mutton off the end of his blade and accidentally dropped it onto the ground, cursing silently at the waste of good food. Licking the dagger clean, he waited patiently as the last verbig rambled past. He darted from his concealment, whipped the dagger into the back of the trailing giant's knee, and scooted around the other side of the beam. The wounded giant howled in pain, but by the time it or its companions had turned back around, the drow was nowhere to be seen. Wolfgar rounded a bend and slipped against the wall, easily guessing what had stopped the pursuit. The pack had turned back when they found that there was another intruder nearing the exit. A giant leaped through the supports and stood with its legs wide apart and its club ready, its eyes going from door to door as it tried to figure out which route the unseen assailant had taken. Behind it and off to the side, Drizzt pulled a small knife out of each of his boots and wondered how the giants could be stupid enough to fall for the same trick twice in a span of ten seconds. Not about to argue with good fortune, the elf scrambled out behind his next victim and, before its companions still in the tunnel could shout a call of warning, drove one of the knives deep into the giant's thigh, severing the hamstring. The giant lurched over to the side and Drizzt, Hopping by, marveled at how wonderful a target the thick veins in a verbig's neck make when the monster's jaw is clenched in pain. But the drow had no time to pause and ponder the fortunes of battle. The rest of the pack, 
Five angry giants had already thrown aside their wounded companion in the tunnel and were only a few strides behind. He put the second knife deep into the verbig's neck and headed for the door leading deeper into the lair. He would have made it, except that the first giant coming back into the room happened to be carrying a stone. As a rule, verbig are quite adept at rock throwing, and this one was better than most. The drow's unhelmeted head was its target, and its throw was true. Wolfgar's throw was on target, too. Age's fang shattered the backbone of the trailing giant as it passed its wounded companion in the tunnel. The injured Verbig, working to get Driz's dagger out of its knee, stared in disbelief at its suddenly dead companion and at the berserk death charge of the ferocious barbarian. Out of the corner of his eye, Driz saw the stone coming. He managed to duck enough to avoid getting his head caved in, but the heavy missile caught him in the shoulder and sent him flying to the floor. The world spun around him as though he was its axis. He fought to reorient himself, for in the back of his mind he understood that the giant was coming to finish him off but everything seemed a blur. Then, something lying close to his face managed to hold his attention. He fixed his eyes on it, straining to find a focus and force everything else to stop spinning. A verbig finger. The drow was back. Quickly, he reached for his weapon. He knew that he was too late when he saw the giant, club raised for a death blow, towering above him. The wounded giant stepped into the middle of the tunnel to meet the barbarian's charge. The monster's leg had gone numb, and it could not plant its feet firmly. Wolfgar, Aegis Fang comfortably back in his hands, swatted it aside and continued into the room. Two of the giants were waiting for him. Gwenhyver wove between the giant's legs as it turned and launched itself as high and far as its sleek muscles could take it. Just as the Verbig standing over Drizzt started to swing its club at the prone elf, Drizzt saw a shade of black cross in front of its face. A jagged tear lined the giant's cheek. Drizzt understood what had happened when he heard Gwenhyver's padded paws set down on the table and propel the cat further across the room. Though a second giant now joined the first, and both had their clubs poised to strike, Drizzt had gained all the time that he needed. In a lightning movement, he slid one of the scimitars from its sheath and thrust it into the first giant's groin. The monster doubled over in agony, a shield for Drizzt, and caught the blow from its comrade on the back of its head. The drow mumbled, Thank you as he rolled over the corpse, landing on his feet and again thrusting upward, this time lifting his body to follow the blade. Hesitation had cost another giant its life, for as the stunned Verbig stared dumbfoundedly at his friend's brains splattered all over his club, the drow's curved blade sliced under its ribcage, tearing through lungs and finding its mark in the monster's heart. Time moved slowly for the mortally wounded giant. The club it had dropped seemed to take minutes to reach the floor. With the barely perceptible motion of a falling tree, the verbig slid back from the scimitar. It knew that it was falling, but the floor never came to meet it. Never came up. Wolfgar hoped that he'd hit the wounded giant in the tunnel hard enough to keep it out of the fray for a while. He would be in a tight spot indeed if it came up behind him then. He had all that he could handle, parrying and counter-thrusting with the two giants he now faced. He needn't have worried about his backside, though, for the wounded verbig slumped against the wall in the tunnel oblivious to its surroundings, and, in the opposite direction, Drizzt had just finished off the other two giants. Wolfgar laughed aloud when he saw his friend wiping the blood from his blade and walking back across the room. One of the Verbig noticed the Dark Elf, too, and it jumped out of its fight with the Barbarian to engage this new foe. Eh, you little runt. You think you can face me up and live to talk about it? bellowed the giant. 
Feigning desperation, Drizzt glanced all about him. As usual, he found an easy way to win this fight. Using a stalking belly crawl, Gwenhyver had slithered behind the giant bodies, trying to get a favorable position. Drizzt took a small step backward, goading the giant into the great cat's path. The giant's club crashed into Wolfgar's ribs and pushed him up against the wooden beam. The barbarian was made of tougher stuff than wood, though, and he took the blow stoically, returning it twofold with Aegis Fang. Again, the verbig struck, and again, Wolfgar countered. The barbarian had been fighting with hardly a break for over ten minutes, but adrenaline coursed through his veins, and he barely felt winded. He began to appreciate the endless hours toiling for Brunner in the mines, and the miles and miles of running Drizzt had led him through during their sessions, as his blows started to fall with increasing frequency on his tiring opponent. The giant advanced on Drizzt. Hey, hold your ground, you miserable rat, it growled. And none of your sneaky tricks. We wants to see how you does in a fair fight. Just as the two came together, Gwenhever darted the remaining few feet and sank his fangs deep into the back of the Verbig's ankle. Reflexively, the giant shot a glance at the rear attacker, but it recovered quickly and shot its eyes back to the elf, just in time to see the scimitars entering its chest. Drizzt answered the monster's puzzled expression with a question. Where in the Nine Hells did you ever find the notion that I would fight fair? The Verbig lurched back. The blade hadn't found its heart, but it knew the wound would soon prove fatal if unattended. Blood poured freely down the monster's leather tunic, and it labored visibly as it tried to breathe. Drizzt alternated his attacks with Gwenhyver, striking and ducking away from the lumbering counter while his partner rushed in on the monster's other side. They knew, and the giant did too, that this fight would soon be over. The giant fighting Wolfgar could no longer sustain a defensive posture with its heavy club, Wolfgar was beginning to tire as well, so he started to sing an old Tundra war song, the Song of Tempos, its rousing notes inspiring him into a final barrage. He waited for the Verbig's club to inch inevitably downward, and then launched Aegis Fang once, twice, and then a third time. Wolfgar nearly collapsed in exhaustion after the third swing, but the giant lay crumbled on the floor. The barbarian leaned wearily on his weapon and watched his two friends nip and scratch their Verbig to pieces. Well done. Wolfgar laughed when the last giant fell. Drizzt walked over to the barbarian, his left arm hanging limply at his side. His jacket and shirt were torn where the stone had struck, and the exposed skin of his shoulder was swollen and bruised. Wolfgar eyed the wound with genuine concern, but Drizzt answered his unspoken question by raising his arm above him, though he grimaced in pain with the effort. It'll be quick to mend, he assured Wolfgar. Just a nasty bump, and I find that a small cost to weigh against the bodies of thirteen Verbig. A low growl issued from the tunnel. Twelve as yet, Wolfgar corrected. Apparently one is not quite done kicking. With a deep breath, Wolfgar lifted Aegis Fang and turned to finish the task. A moment first, insisted Drizzt, a thought pressing on his mind. When the giants charge you in the tunnel... You yelled something in your home tongue, I believe. What was it you said? Wolfgar laughed heartily. An old elk tribe battle cry, he explained. Strength to my friends, and death to my foes. Drizzt eyed the barbarian suspiciously, and wondered just how deep ran Wolfgar's ability to fabricate a lie on demand. 
The injured Verbig was still propped against the tunnel wall when the two companions and Gwenhyver came upon it. The drow's daggers remained deeply buried in the giant's knee, its blade caught fast between two bones. The giant eyed the men with hateful yet strangely calm eyes as they approached. You'll pay for all this, it spat at Drizzt. Bingrid'll play with you afore killing you. Be sure of that. So, it has a tongue, Drizzt said to Wolfgar, and then to the giant. Big grin? Lord of the cave, answered the giant. Big grin will be wanting to meet ya. And we'll be wanting to meet Big Grin, stormed Wolfgar. We have a debt to repay, a little matter concerning two dwarves. As soon as Wolfgar mentioned the dwarves, the giant spat again. Driz's scimitars flashed and poised an inch from the monster's throat. Kill me then and have done, laughed the giant, genuinely uncaring. The monster's ease unnerved Drizzt. I serve the master, proclaimed the giant. Glory is to die for Akar Kessel. Wolfgar and Drizzt looked at each other uneasily. They'd never seen or heard of this kind of fanatical dedication in Verbig, and that sight disturbed them. The primary fault of the Verbig, which had always kept them from gaining dominance over the smaller races, was their unwillingness to devote themselves wholeheartedly to any cause and their inability to follow one leader. Who is Akar Kessel? demanded Wolfgar. The giant laughed evilly. If friends of the ten towns you be, you'll know soon enough. I thought you said that Bigrin was lord of the cave, said Drizzt. The cave, answered the giant, and once a tribe, but Bigrin follows the master now. We've got trouble, Drizzt mumbled to Wolfgar. Have you ever heard of a Verbig chieftain giving up its dominance to another without a fight? I fear for the dwarves, said Wolfgar. Driz turned back to the giant and decided to change the subject so that he could extract some information more immediate to their situation. What is at the end of the tunnel? Nothing, said the Verbig too quickly. Uh, just a place for us to sleep is all. Loyal but stupid, noted Drizzt. He turned to Wolfgar again. We have to take out Biggrin and any others in the cave who might be able to get back to warn this Akar Kessel. What about this one? asked Wolfgar. But the giant answered the question for Drizzt. Delusions of glory pushed it to seek death in the wizard's service. It tightened its muscles, ignoring the pain in its knee, and lunged at the companions. Aegis fangs smashed the Verbig's collarbone and neck at the same time Drizzt's scimitars went slipping through its ribs and Gwenhyver was locking onto its gut. But the giant's death mask was a smile. The corridor behind the back door of the dining room was unlit, and the companions had to pull a torch from its sconce in the other corridor to take with them. As they wound their way down the long tunnel, moving deeper and deeper into the hill, they passed many small chambers, most empty, but some holding crated stores of various sorts, foodstuffs, skins, and extra clubs and spears. Driz surmised that Akar Kessel planned to use this cave as a home base for his army. The blackness was absolute for some distance, and Wolfgar, lacking the darkness vision of his elven companion, grew nervous as the torch began to burn low. But then they came into a wide chamber, and by far the largest they had seen, and beyond its reaches the tunnel spilled out into the open night. We have come to the front door, said Wolfgar, 
and it's ajar. Do you believe that Bigrin has left? Shh, hushed Drizzt. The drow thought that he'd heard something in the darkness on the far right. He motioned for Wolfgar to stay in the middle of the room with the torch as he crept away into the shadows. Drizzt stopped short when he heard gruff giant voices ahead, though he couldn't figure out why he couldn't see their bulky silhouettes. When he came upon a large hearth, he understood. The voices were echoing through a chimney. Big grin, asked Wolfgar when he came up. Must be, reasoned Drizzt. Think you can fit through a chimney? The barbarian nodded. He hoisted Drizzt up first. The drow's left arm still wasn't of much use to him, and followed, leaving Gwenhyver to keep watch. The chimney snaked up for a few yards, then came to an intersection. One way led down to a room from which the voices were coming, and the other thinned as it rose to the surface. The conversation was loud and heated now, and Drizzt moved down to investigate. Wolfgar held the drow's feet to help him inch down the final descent, as the slope became nearly vertical. Hanging upside down, Drizzt peeked under the rim of the hearth in another room. He saw three giants, one by a door at the far end of the room, looking as though it wanted to leave, and a second with its back to the hearth, being scolded by the third, an immensely wide and tall frost giant. Drizzt knew by the twisted, lipless smile that he looked upon Big Grin. "'To tell Big Grin!' pleaded the smaller giant. "'You ran from a fight!' scowled Big Grin. "'You left your friends to die!' "'No!' protested the giant." But Biggrin had heard enough. With one swipe of its huge axe, it lopped the smaller giant's head off. The men found Gwenhyber diligently on watch when they came out of the chimney. The big cat turned and growled in recognition when he saw his companions, and Wolfgar, not understanding the throaty purr to be a friendly sound, took a cautious step away. There has to be a side tunnel off the main corridor further down. Drizzt reasoned, having no time to be amused by his friend's nervousness. "'Let's get this over with, then,' said Wolfgar. They found the passage as the drow had predicted, and soon came to a door they figured would lead them into the room with the remaining guards. They clapped each other on the shoulder for luck, and Drizzt patted Gwenhyver, though Wolfgar declined the drow's invitation to do likewise. Then they burst in. The room was empty." A door previously invisible to Driz from his vantage point at the hearth stood ajar. Big Grin sent its lone remaining soldier out the secret side door with a message for Agar Castle. The big giant had been disgraced, and it knew that the wizard wouldn't readily accept the loss of so many valuable troops. Big Grin's only chance was to take care of the two intruding warriors and hope that his head would appease its unmerciful boss. The giant pressed its ear to the door and waited for its victims to enter the adjoining room. Wolfgar and Drizzt passed through the second door and came into a lavish chamber, its floor adorned with plush furs and large puffy pillows. Two other doors led out of the room. One was slightly opened, a darker corridor beyond. The other was closed. Suddenly, Wolfgar stopped Drizzt with an outstretched hand and motioned for the drow to be quiet. The intangible quality of a true warrior the sixth sense that allowed him to sense unseen danger, had come into play. Slowly, the barbarian turned to the closed door and lifted Age's fang above his head. He paused for a moment and cocked his head, straining to hear a confirming sound. None came, but Wolfgar trusted his instincts. He roared to Tempos and launched the hammer. It split the door asunder with a thunderous snap and dropped the planks and Big Grin to the floor. 
Driz noticed the swing of the open secret door across the room behind the giant chieftain and realized that the last of the giants must have slipped away. Quickly, the drow sent Gwenhyver into motion. The panther understood, too, for it bolted away, clearing the writhing form of Bigrin with one great bound and charged out of the cave to give chase to the escaping Verbig. Blood streamed down the side of the big giant's head, but the thick bone of its skull had rejected the hammer. Drizzt and Wolfgar looked on in disbelief as the huge frost giant shook its jowls and rose to meet them. "'It can't do that,' protested Wolfgar. "'This giant's a stubborn one,' Drizzt shrugged. The barbarian waited for Aegis Fang to return to his grasp, then moved with the drought to face Biggrin. The giant stayed in the doorway to prevent either of its foes from flanking it as Wolfgar and Driz confidently moved in. The three exchanged ominous stares and a few easy swings as they felt each other out. "'You must be Biggrin,' Drizzt said, bowing. "'That I am,' proclaimed the giant. "'Biggrin, the last foe your eyes'll ever see.' "'Confident as well as stubborn,' Wolfgar remarked. "'Little human,' the giant retorted. "'I've squashed a hundred of your puny kin.' "'More reason for us to kill you,' Drizzt stated calmly. With a sudden speed and ferocity that surprised its two opponents, Biggrin took a wide sweep with its huge axe. Wolfgar stepped back out of its deadly range, and Drizzt managed to duck under the blow. But the drow shuddered when he saw the axe blade take a fair-sized chunk out of the stone wall. Wolfgar jumped right back at the monster as the axe passed him, pounding on Biggrin's broad chest with Aegis Fang. The giant flinched, but took the blow. "'You'll have to hit me harder than that, puny man!' it bellowed as it launched a mighty backswing with the flathead of the axe. Again, Driz slipped below the swing. Wolfgar, however, battle-weary as he was, did not move quickly enough to back out of its range. The barbarian managed to get Aegis Fang up in front of him, but the sheer force of Big Grin's heavy weapon smashed him into the wall. He crumpled to the floor. Driz knew that they were in trouble. His left arm remained useless, his reflexes were slowing with exhaustion, and this giant was simply too powerful for him to parry any blows. He managed to slip in one short thrust with his scimitar as the giant recovered for its next swing, and then he fled toward the main corridor. "'Run, you dark dog!' roared the giant. "'I'll after you, and I'll have you!' Big Grin charged after Drizzt, smelling the kill. The drow sheathed his scimitar as he reached the main passage and looked for a spot to ambush the monster. Nothing presented itself, so he went halfway to the exit and waited. "'Where can you hide?' Big Grin taunted as its huge bulk entered the corridor. Poised in the shadows, the drow threw his tiny knives, both hit home, but Big Grin hardly slowed. Drizzt moved outside the cave. He knew that if Big Grin didn't follow him, he would have to go back in. He certainly couldn't leave Wolfgar to die. The first rays of dawn had found their way onto the mountain, and Drizzt worried that the growing light would spoil any chance of his ambush. Scrambling up one of the small trees that concealed the exit, he pulled out his dagger. Big Grin charged out into the sunlight and looked around for signs of the fleeing drow. "'You're about, you miserable dog. You've no place to run.' Suddenly, Drizzt was on top of the monster, gouging its face and neck in a barrage of stabs and slices. The giant howled in rage and jerked its massive body backward violently, sending Drizzt, who could not gain a firm hold with his weakened arm, flying back into the tunnel. The drow landed heavily on his injured shoulder and nearly swooned in agony. 
He squirmed and twisted for a moment, trying to regain his feet, but he bumped into a heavy boot. He knew the big grin couldn't have gotten to him so quickly. He turned slowly onto his back, wondering where the new giant had come from. But the drow's outlook changed dramatically when he saw that Wolfgar stood over him, Aegis Fang firmly in his hand and a grim look stamped upon his face. Wolfgar never took his eyes off the giant as he entered the tunnel. He's mine, the barbarian said grimly. Big Grin looked hideous indeed. The side of its head where the hammer had struck was caked with dark, dried blood, while the other and several spots on its face and neck ran bright with blood from new wounds. The two knives Drizzt had thrown were still sticking in the giant's chest like morbid medals of honor. "'Can you take it again?' Wolfgar challenged as he sent Aegis Fang on the second flight toward the giant. In answer, Big Grin struck out his chest defiantly to block the blow. "'I can take whatever you have to give!' it boasted. Aegis Fang slammed home, and Big Grin staggered back a step. The hammer had cracked a rib or two, but the giant could handle that. More deadly, though, and unknown to Biggrin, Aegis Fang had driven one of Drizzt's knives through the lining of its heart. I can run now, Drizzt whispered to Wolfgar when he saw the giant advancing again. I stay, the barbarian insisted without the slightest tremor of fear in his voice. Drizzt pulled his scimitar. Well spoken, brave friend. Let us fell this foul beast. There's food to be eaten. You'll find that more a task than you talk, Big Grin retorted. It felt a sudden stinging in his chest, but it grunted away the pain. I've felt the best that you can hit, and still I come at you. You cannot hope to win. Both Drizzt and Wolfgar feared that there was more truth to the giant's boast than either of them wanted to admit. They were on their last legs, wounded and winded, yet determined to stay and finish the task. But the complete confidence of the great giant as it steadily approached was more than a little unnerving. Big Grin realized that something was terribly wrong when it got within a few steps of the two companions. Wolfgar and Driz knew too, for the giant's stride suddenly slowed visibly. The giant looked at them in outrage as though it had been deceived. Dogs! It gasped, a gout of blood bursting from its mouth. What trick! Big Grin fell dead without another word. Should we go after the cat? Wolfgar asked when they got back to the secret door. Drizzt was wrapping a torch out of some rags he'd found. Faith in the shadows, he answered. Gwenhyver will not let the Verbig escape. Besides, I have a good meal waiting for me back in the cave. You go, Wolfgar told him. I shall stay here and watch for the cat's return. Drizzt clasped the big man's shoulder as he started to leave. They'd been through a lot in a short time they'd been together, and Driz suspected that the excitement was just beginning. The drow sang a feasting song as he started to the main passage, but only as a dodge to Wolfgar, for the dinner table wouldn't be his first stop. The giant they had spoken with earlier had been evasive when asked about what lay down the one tunnel they had yet to explore, and with everything else they'd found, Driz believed that could only mean one thing. Treasure. The great panther lopped along over the broken stones, easily gaining on the heavy-footed giant. Soon, Gwenhyver could hear the verbig's labored breathing as the creature struggled with every leap and climb. The giant was making for Dale Drop and the open tundra below, but so frenzied was its flight that it didn't move off the face of Calvin's Carn to the easiest ground of the valley. 
It sought a straighter route, believing to be the quicker path to safety. Gwenhyver knew the areas of the mountains as well as its master, knew where every creature on the mountain laired. The cat had already discerned where it wanted the giant to go. Like a sheep herder's dog, it closed the remaining distance and scratched at the giant's flanks, veering it into the direction of a deep mountain pool. The terrified Verbig, certain that the deadly warhammer or the darting scimitars weren't far behind, didn't dare stop and engage the panther. It surged blindly along the path Gwenhyver had chosen. A short time later, Gwenhyver broke away from the giant and raced ahead. When the cat reached the edge of the cold water, it tilted its head and concentrated its keen senses, hoping to spy something that could help it complete the task. Then Gwenhyver noticed a tiny shimmer of movement under the sparkles of the first light on the water. Its sharp eyes sorted out the long shape lying deathly still. Satisfied that the trap was set, Gwenhyver moved back behind a nearby ledge to wait. The giant lumbered up to the pool, breathing heavily. It leaned against a boulder for a moment, despite its terror. Things seemed safe enough for the moment. As soon as it had caught its breath, the giant looked around quickly for signs of pursuit, then started forward again. There was only one path across the pool, a fallen log that spanned the center, and all the other alternate routes around the pool, though the water wasn't very wide, weaved around sheer drops and jutting rock faces and promised to be slow going. The verbig tested the log. It seemed sturdy, so the monster cautiously started across. The cat waited for the giant to get close to the center of the pool, then charged from its hiding place and launched itself into the air at the verbig. The cat landed heavily into the surprised giant, planting its paws on the monster's chest and rebounding back toward the safety of the shore. Gwenhyver splashed in the icy pool but scrambled quickly out of the perilous water. The giant, though, swung its arms wildly for a moment, trying to hold its precarious balance, then toppled with a splash into the water. The water rushed up to suck it down, Desperately, the giant lunged for a nearby floating log, the shape that Gwenhyver had recognized earlier. But as the Verbig's hands came down, the form it had thought to be a log exploded into movement as the 50-foot water constrictor threw itself around its prey with dizzying speed. The unrelenting coils quickly pinned the giant's arms to its side and began their merciless squeeze. Gwenhyver shook the freezing water from its glistening black coat and looked back at the pool as yet another length of the monstrous snake locked on the Verbig's chin and pulled the helpless monster under the surface. The panther was satisfied that the mission was complete. With a long, loud roar proclaiming victory, Gwenhyber bounded off toward the lair.